if I'm going to kickstart something, <laughs> I'm kickstarting it at the every fucking thing you're producing is something I get. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks. Geeks Without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we're talking about the Suicide Squad. Not a Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad, but the Suicide Squad. The good one. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. This is your host, Nick Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Molly Glover. I am she. And Tim Wick. I am he. (laughs) And this episode, we are going to talk about the latest DC Universe film, The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. See, what happened was I was going to say, I am the Molly Glover, but then my brain just went, I am she. (laughs) And obviously, we're going to spoil this movie. Uh, Spoil it. It is free to watch for now on HBO Max. It's also in theaters, and I'm assuming it'll be free to stream in not too long. Uh, But we're going to spoil it. Yeah. So yeah. if you are worried about a James Gunn action superhero movie getting spoiled for you, um, stop. I, I would say this one has good surprises. It I does would have honestly a few. just it does go have watch it and come back because it's worth it. To, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I, I think there are some things that are certainly better not knowing what it happens. If you want to know if we liked it or not real quick before anybody decides if they want to go back and watch it first. I loved it. Yeah. I, best DC movie. Besties, um, of the, of the did new. you like it? I thought it was fine. All right, cool. Okay. So yeah. there's your there's your uh, TLDR. Go watch the movie and then come back. Okay. <laughs> so the Suicide Squad. Yeah. The Suicide Squad is a sequel, sort of. Basically, I mean, yeah. It assumes the first movie happened. It does. It just doesn't care if you saw it. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's I think that's great for a Suicide Squad movie. Honestly, it doesn't need. You don't need to know anything about the, any of the previous movies because, just like the comic, it has a rotating cast of, of villains. Um, in this one, this one's written and directed by James Gunn, and it seems like they kind of let him do his thing. They did. It does seem like a James Gunn movie. Yeah. No question. Uh, I, I read some people online describing it as, you know, R rated Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... A lot more people die. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that comes with the R rating. So I, I will say, the, the poster for this with the, the Suicide Squad, and then it's a don't get attached, right? That was their whole... That was their whole tagline, don't get attached or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, that's so try hard. But it's so accurate because the first 15 minutes of that movie, I think they kill off like 10 named characters, like tra- like traditional DC characters. They kill uh, Savant, who's new to this movie. They kill Boomerang, who was in the Suicide Squad in the previous movie and kind of a fan favorite. Yeah. They kill Weasel, more yep. or less. Yep. They kill um, Mongal. Mm-hmm. They kill Javelin. They kill whoever Pete Davidson played. They kill Blackguard. Blackguard. Every star that was listed as being in this movie, yes, except yeah. for Margot Robbie, died at the very right. beginning. <laughs> and what a fun way for them to do a lot of small cameo yeah. celebrity roles. I was just 
just fucking howling during the opening. <laughs> and that's kind of the intro to the movie is just like them just murdering yeah. uh, uh, so everyone in Team A yeah. as, as the distraction yeah. for Team B. Yeah. Um, Did you uh, like- yeah, I, I thought that the intro was super funny. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that. Tim, I don't know how you feel about like slapsticky violence. <laughs> I'm down for slapsticky violence. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that opening a lot. I thought it was it was uh, it was. I mean, it's it's the best way to start out a movie like that. It kind of tells you that you, you just don't know who's gonna live and who's gonna, aside from. Yeah, I mean Harley Quinn's gonna live. You mm-hmm. know that, right? Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, you're pretty much you're pretty much left to wonder what's what's going to happen from from here especially since they really focus on uh the one dude with a with a blood sport blood sport they focus on him yeah. really hard not then, dead shot and then yeah. he does nothing yeah yeah <laughs> um i uh i i was very tickled by the the uh the then like all of a sudden like basically pan across the island to b team and like now you meet your actual suicide squad. And I liked that they I liked that they introduced us to the if you hadn't seen the first one, it would be fine. Because it was like very quick. It was like, uh, who's the woman in charge of the program? I can never remember her name, like Ross oh, or something like that. Fuck, uh, I just forgot her name. She's she's it's like she pulls someone out of his cell. They show a guy in his cell doing his thing, yanks him out. You know the drill. Suicide Squad, chip in your head. I can implant it. You go on missions. Here we go. Boom. And so, like, the first movie had so much boring fucking exposition about the chip and the 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 ethics behind not you know putting the like setting Amanda it up Amanda Waller and Amanda Waller and so like I think who is the worst she's oh, awful yeah, yeah she, she is she, the wall she is really she, that's bad. how she is in the comics too yeah. she's terrible she's off she is every prison warden like the worst kinds right but yeah, I just liked how they got they got with the fucking like that they got straight to the fucking no exposition. We went right into it, yeah. knew exactly what was happening. There wasn't some dumb like person whose job it is is to like carry a clipboard and be like, but but director Waller like these Suicide Squad people are consenting to putting the chip in. You know, it just it just yeah, it was great. So uh, we also forgot uh, Nathan Fillion as. Oh, yeah. Uh, the detachable kid is also one of the, <laughs> which is the basically that, arm fall off boy. He is arm fall off boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They updated him to TDK, and he drinks Mister Pib and dies. That's yep. that kind of sums it up. <laughs> yep. um, apparently, uh, Sean Gunn was Weasel, uh, who he's in uh, James Gunn's brother. He's in um, Guardians of the Galaxy as one of the. One of the Reaver oh, okay. pirate guys, cool. you'd recognize him if you saw him. And I guess that uh, that Weasel was based on Bill the Cat from Bloom uh, County. That makes sense. Is Weasel not a DC character? He is. Okay. Uh, he's just a little bit more more anthro in his promorphic. Ah, got it, uh, got it. Uh, uh, a person who has had things done to him and not... Like Wolverine. Yeah. Not a sentient weasel. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, Semi-sentient weasel. So, uh, because, you know, regular weasels can swim. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, um, this movie was written before the new, uh, before uh, Bird, the Birds of Prey Harley Quinn movie. Ah. Interesting. So he, so he didn't have, James Gunn didn't necessarily have this, um, you know, relationship plot arc that Harley had undergone in her her own movie 
but I felt like it was a really good progression for the character from that point anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she didn't talk about uh, the, the Joker relationship wasn't part of that movie, the movie at all. And mm-hmm. she, she certainly talk an about, even, even an implication that the Joker relationship was over. She talks about her, her very suspect taste in in men and yeah. yeah and how uh when she likes a man that's how you know he needs to get put down right. <laughs> that was so great but she was like you have to understand i just have terrible taste in men so i have to execute you <laughs> and just like just fucking murders him like, yeah god damn it uh, uh <laughs> super cold-blooded she she's a real murder machine in this one too uh, especially with that javelin uh, in her hands. I heard that Margot Robbie did the handcuffs stunt herself. Oh wow! Uh, and so she did all like I mean everything except for the close up of the foot turning the, the foot key. turning the key, but all the the lifting and the the the, the strangling the and flexibility, all of that. Yeah, yep, yep. all that was which her. Is very cool. Good for her. Yeah, that was that, pretty, was, that I, was amazing. I mean, I, I'm just gonna say that I think right now the best. The best property that DC has is is Harley Quinn. Yes, yeah. 100%. Between between like Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, and the Harley Quinn animated series, it's just like they they don't have a better property. Yeah, than DC. and she was the best part of Suicide Squad, the first one yeah. for real. By she a made long it, shot, she made that movie watchable, not rewatchable, not, not tolerable, not watchable. not yeah. tolerable. Yeah. But yeah, you would be like, well, eventually. I'm going to see Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn again. And what they wrote for her to do is shit, but she does it super well. Yeah, she's so good. That's um, uh, Before the DC movie universe kind of started up again, um, the Harley Quinn comics were doing really well for them. Mm -hmm. And and Harley Quinn had kind of become uh, the new ambush bug, or to put that in a way that people that are younger than me would understand... Uh, she became DC's Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadpool being Marvel's She-Hulk, if for, right. again, for people older. Um, so, yeah, she was there, you know, zany, fourth wall breaking, yeah. kind of... Commenting uh, on the comics yeah, she's in. meta character, yeah. in a sense. And and her comics have been doing really well. Uh, and they still are doing, doing pretty damn well. Um, so it, it makes sense that they would want to focus on her as a property. She's also a, you know, an emancipated woman and that's a big part of her character arc. That seems mm-hmm. like a good thing to, to have and bring to the forefront, especially mm-hmm. since I would say DC isn't really maybe doing as great of a job featuring their women, even though they beat Marvel to the punch with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say too, that I think it's nice to see some, uh, uh, erasing or talk clap back at the Harley Quinn and Joker ultimate romance narrative that you see pushed a lot in media yeah. that's so gross. Like, and and the, the whole, like, our dark love cannot be tamed kind of thing where it's like, no. No, the Joker's super gross. He's an abusive psychopath, and it's real bad. It's real, real bad. <laughs> like it, But, and, and seeing that, both in the Harley Quinn show, Birds of Prey, and a little, I mean, and just seeing her, like you say, self-actualized and emancipated is great. It's yeah, great. I mean, I think that her response to to the 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 do the president El Presidente or whatever yeah. whatever his name is, it doesn't really matter because we don't no. <laughs> don't really have time to get to know him. Uh, you know, I mean, it seems appropriate. Yeah. Oh, oh, he seems like a psychopath. I yeah. think I better just kill him. Yeah, because yeah. whenever I get involved with a psychopath, things go bad. Yep. Right. Um, yep. I can tell that because I love you or because I'm into you, I can tell that this is going to be. You're a bad person. It's, the, it's right after he says like he's talking about executing like the. 
the children and and people the, that are of those yeah. who are standing up against him or whatever, and she kind of has a moment where it's like, oh, that's right. Ah, damn it. Ah, ah, shit. Another yeah. one. I, I guess I gotta just one. fucking yeah. kill him. Yeah. I was a little. I mean, I admit I was a little surprised by that. I thought he was going to turn out to be like a super who had some healing ability or something, or something. like that. Yeah. But it's like, nope, nope. He's just dead. I love it. He's just yeah, dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I think that he's just dead is the tagline of this movie. Really. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? nope. I guess he's just dead. Except like, for the weasel and yeah. peacemaker and peacemaker uh who is uh john cena's character who they uh, they do a great job of pointing out fits a template that a lot of uh comic characters fit and and they they you know talk about uh, waller's whole speech about uh blood sport and how he's you know trained by his dad to be a soldier from birth and blah mm-hmm. blah blah and then she says the exact same lines when she's talking about why uh, Peacemaker is an integral part of the team. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same spiel because yeah. they're all you know the same template. Characters. I love peace, and I don't care how many men, women, or children I have to kill to get it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If this beach was covered in dicks, you better believe I'd eat every single one if peace was on the line. <laughs> yeah, Whatever yeah. It is, it's yeah. Like, so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, very over the top character and i don't know what to expect from a tv show for him but that's oh, they're doing a tv show on yes. peacemaker oh yes. my gosh mm-hmm. we knew that before the movie came out the reassembled peacemaker yeah well, but yeah, it's, they it's going to be a uh, peacemaker out as a, a tv show on hbo max which is tied to the greater dc cinematic universe so it's actually going to be john cena it is sweet yeah. they're actually trying to build a dc universe it only took them how long has marvel been doing it 20 yeah. years 20 years <laughs> 15, yeah. something like that um yeah, yeah. but it's kind of neat that they're that they're choosing to because i feel like dc has been doing serial stuff better than marvel up until very recently and and it'd be great to see them focus on that sort of storytelling yeah. for for more things. Agreed. Um, Molly, did you have a particularly favorite character? Uh, uh, I I mean I, I think Harley Quinn's an easy choice, so I won't go with her because I I mean she's. It's fine if you just, do. Yeah. Uh. I. Yeah. I think I gotta go Harley Quinn to be honest. Like she she's, uh, just the, when she she shows up late. You know, yeah. and, and just just like, oh, okay. You know, like just had to, to go number two. Yeah, very like, just very, you know, very like. I, I just, I, th- I like the way that they do her. She's very raw and unfiltered, and sometimes just kind of like gross. And and I like, I like that. Obviously, weird. Uh, I know, but also just that she, uh, again, that I think that cemented for me that scene that Tim was talking about where. We were all talking with the with the, with El Presidente and realizing that he's a bad guy and that the acting she does where her face falls and it's like and then you see her kind of go, oh well, like you know, yeah. like you gotta kill him, you know, yeah. <laughs> just very unbothered. Yeah. And when she, the the way her eyes lit up when she got the javelin and she started stabbing people and then she realized how easy it was to both kill and be an acrobat with the javelin and she just seemed so happy, well, <laughs> like that's... like Tim with a new Lego set, yeah. like she just seemed so happy. <laughs> that's her, that's her her background for her, you know, crazy antics yeah. is she's a, a Olympic gymnast. Exactly. Yeah, it was Tim, great. Did you have a favorite character? Oh, yeah. I think it, I got to go with King Shark. Oh, yes. sure. Just because King Shark is, I mean, and again, when you go back to the Harley Quinn animated series, which sure. also yes. has King Shark, but, but when it's played it, is, funches. it is a character that shouldn't by any stretch of the imagination work. Yeah. 
and they found a way to make him sort of adorable and charming and yet <laughs> lethal as fuck. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he was just biting dudes' heads yeah. off. Yeah. And it's just it's just like this this guy, you're you're adorable and you want to hug him, but dude, don't hug him because he's a fucking shark. What, um did you how did you feel about the use of Sylvester Stallone as the voice for King Shark? Was that worth it? I you know, honestly, I didn't even notice it was Stallone until I, I saw either. it in the credits. So obviously either. it was fine. Yeah. Um when he tears that dude like in half. Yes. And then he kind of like looks up at everybody like, ah, like, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's like just... it's like a Groot moment, right? Yeah. There, yeah. There's he had this, big Groot energy. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's this um this uh I, I would say the resurgence of King Shark as a character kind of started uh more recently in Gail Simone's Secret Six comic, of which he, it's kind of like Suicide Squad, right? It's a it's a group of villains that are, you know, doing their thing. Um but uh, there's a moment in th- in those comics where King Shark is just like charging at full speed through the distance off to to commit murders, and just screaming, "I'm a shark! I'm a sh- singing! I should say, I'm a shark! I'm a shark! I'm a motherfucking shark! <laughs> I'm a motherfucking and like, shark!" And just like he's just singing as he's just, he's just like he's just a murder machine. He's not brainless, but you know he's still a shark. Yeah, he's still yeah. a shark. That's his. That's what he does. It's an, it's not it's neither good nor bad for him, right? Uh, honestly, the bit with him where he where it's like anyone else and he raises his hand and like yes, King Shark, and he's like hand. <laughs> like I'd seen that before in the trailer, and it still cracked me up, even though I knew it was coming. It right. still cracked me up. <laughs> and then I, uh, it's just like yes, that's your hand, and he just goes hmm to the other people like see, see? Yeah. yeah yeah it's I got it when they I got first it. introduce him and he's reading his book upside down and talking about how he is smart and enjoys <laughs> yeah. books um, I like I, book. I think my favorite character that I wasn't expecting, even from, again, from the trailer, like yeah. kind of set this up. I knew it to expect. But, um, wow, I had feelings about Polka Dot Man yeah. as, a, as a character. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, as the like depressed, morose, like uh, result of his mother doing unethical experiments on, on him and his sibling, uh, his absolutely horrifying power when he first unleashes it and ever the look on everyone's face as he's just annihilated people with these, you know, cute little glowing dots he sends yeah. out. It's when he was vomits the polka dots into the into the forest. Or <laughs> we don't really see it happening so we don't really know how they're coming yeah, out or where they're coming like out, but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely doesn't look comfortable. Like whatever is <laughs> happening that is causing all that forest glowing. Um I thought the bit with him seeing his mom was funny and I didn't get tired of it. And I didn't think it was like, that's a joke that if someone explained the joke to me, I'd have been like, that sounds kind of dumb actually. But no, that was, that was funny. Honestly, like I kept imagining. So that actress must've had just a great fun (laughs) day or two of shooting where they just put her in different outfits Oh yeah, and then just filmed her for like a few minutes doing things that they could, you know, put it all together. It's like, well, now you're wearing this. Cause you know, now he sees you because he sees a doctor and he sees you or now you're a dinosaur. Now you're, now you're peacemaker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, now you're King Shark. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And and he gets his moment of redemption in you know in death. He gets to die a hero, which is what he wanted, which is is cute. His was the most meaningful death. Yes, in in I would agree with that in the movie. Um, 
Yeah. What about a like a favorite moment or or something that happens in the in the movie? Uh, I I just say my favorite moment is that it was fucking Starro the Conqueror. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like. <laughs> You know, if the fact they went there was delightful. Oh yeah. The fact they're like, oh, let's do Star of the Conqueror. Uh and somebody was like, What the fuck is Star of the Conqueror? And and they showed him and they said, Okay, why not? Yeah. Let's yeah. let's just do Star of the Conqueror. That's gonna be great. Uh, um Yeah. Uh so when 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 Star when we first see Starro and you're like, Oh fuck. That's what Project Starfish yeah. is. Yeah, it's an actual <laughs> star. It's actually Star of the Conqueror. Nothing to do with a butthole. What a terrible secret name. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, Tim, I think my one of my, my favorite moment in the movie is also regarding Starro. And that's, I mean, through the movie, they do a pretty good job making Starro this cosmic horror. I think they do a, did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. What you're taking mine? But Am you're I? Going, yep. <laughs> uh, and and they do a pretty good job making him be this you know giant kaiju or whatever. Yeah, he's horrifying. And then murderous. at the very end, when they've killed Starro, and Starro says through one of the people he's controlling, like I was happy just floating in space I and know. looking at the stars. Oh, I was happy oh. floating in space looking oh, at the stars. And then, <sighs> broke my fucking heart. Oh my just god! Like, because they just they stole him. They they keep yeah. He just, didn't, if he they didn't just come do anything. They just put him stole back him. Back in yep. space. Yep. He would have been happy. They stole him, and for thirty something, forty years, they've yeah. been torturing him. And, and and yep, I yeah. can't believe it. Like Jesus. I never, I never would have expected to have empathy for Starro the Conqueror, especially not if they did a pretty good job making him, you know, be this horrific space thing. Yeah, I'm sorry, I stole. No, yours. that's okay. As soon as you were like, mine's also Starro related. I was like, well, that's funny because so is mine. And then you were like, after we see all, and I'm like, oh no, he's, <laughs> here we go. He's gonna say the thing I said. Theft. Yeah, no, that was I. I uh, uh, that was so. Because it, it really because it really brought home that like this villain is similar to in Far From Home or Homecoming, which everyone has the vulture. Yeah. Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah, in Homecoming, uh uh when you're like, boy, this vulture kinda makes a little sense. Like he's making yeah. some sense here when he talks. I, I the whole time that they were doing this thing with Starro, I remember th- I was thinking that whole time, like, this sucks. Like, that's so bad. This poor creature, like, is he even, like, do we even know if he's, like, a murderous starfish? Or is it just that he's so big he doesn't know what he's doing? And, yeah, yeah, that 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 bit. I really liked, I will say, I really liked when the first time you saw Starro's armpit shoot out the little babies, the little the little control drones, yeah. and they were flying down, and everyone is looking up at them, and all <laughs> they could think was, "Oh God, well something bad," and then whoop, right on the face, and they just and people are looking around at other people getting stars on their faces and still looking up because that's human nature yeah. to be like, oh, it's a fucking starfish on that guy's. Well, where'd that come from? Flop. <laughs> it was very, very cool makeup. Yeah. The starfish over the face with the giant one eye. Easy that, cosplay. That it was. It would be a oh, great yeah. cosplay. Just, just make a, yeah. a silicone mold for Just a bunch of people those wearing just, those. Just yeah. crank them yeah. out and you can throw them on any other costume. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, what about... Uh, for the future, hypothetically, is there anything, any character or thing that you would want to happen in another Suicide Squad movie? Because I get the feeling that 
this franchise isn't going anywhere and we're probably going to see another one. Yeah, if they, I think it did pretty well, didn't it? If they did yeah. a second one after the first one, I don't know why they wouldn't do a third one after the <laughs> second one. Yeah, they're going to want to milk as much out of Margot Robbie as they can get. Right. Yeah, um, I, I would like to see... So how, here's how's this. Uh, the Joker gets his hands on the ability to put Suicide Squad tech in some heroes. Oh. <laughs> and that's the new Suicide Squad. The new Suicide Squad and is... And they're B-list. He knows yeah, better. He sure. Knows, he, takes, he takes easy he's, pickings. He's got he, Catman. He couldn't, it, yeah. he couldn't make it happen to Batman. Yeah, right. exactly. He knows that. So he grabs some low-level guys to try to bring out the higher-level guys. And that's our yeah. next Suicide Squad is heroes who are being forced to do bad things. Like, yeah. 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 Tim, do you have anything you'd want to see? I, I got one. If you want to, if you want, you to go ahead. It. I haven't really thought about it. Uh, uh, the the moment I want to happen in a Suicide Squad movie is a moment that happens both in, uh, I think it's Batman the Animated Series and in uh, the comics. And there's a moment when um, Batman figures out what the wall, what uh, Amanda Waller has done with the Suicide Squad, and and what she's using them for, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he confronts her and he, he says like, cause she recruits him to do something for her. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, uh, basically like you better, you know, behave and watch yourself because I've got all this dirt on you now. Ha ha ha. And Waller's like, oh yeah, that'd be a shame if some billionaire playboy went out and ruined my name. Wouldn't it, Bruce? <laughs> and, it's, and like, she like fucking owns Batman in this moment and it's been done a couple different ways but it's always been a very satisfying moment where she's just like she's got dirt she's got dirt on everyone she's got you know the entire government working for her to keep tabs on mm-hmm. vigilantes and superheroes and stuff why wouldn't she have mm-hmm. dirt on on Batman with all the satellites and that's stuff that's great that's yeah, great I would love to see that happen with um maybe get Robert Pattinson's oh yeah robat yeah. pattenbats uh <laughs> Batman in there. Are there any villains that you'd like to see in the Suicide Squad? Uh, I'm not. I'm not super yeah. up on the uh, on the the B list DC villains. Yeah, me to neither. Be, to be quite honest, I didn't know any of the people they killed in the opening. I was just like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, except the ones that were in the first movie, and that's only because you saw them in the first exactly. movie, right? You know, the only reason I knew King Shark is because the because the, um, the the Harley show. series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess for me. I would honestly like them to see, like to see them find a way to do without Harley. Oh, Um, yeah. Because I love Harley. I mean, I really do. And Margot Robbie's Harley is great. But part of the part, if I had a frustration with the movie, it was like they basically took Harley out of it and gave her her own movie in the yeah. middle in the middle of the regular movie, and then brought her back in with everybody else. But I mean. If you know one thing, you know Harley's going to make it through the movie, right? And I feel like I feel like if they take Harley away, then that essentially makes you go, Jesus, I don't know who's going to, yeah, yeah, who's going to survive. Nice. Instead of going, well, Harley's going to make it, but who else? Yeah, sure. Um, so just take her out of it, not because she's a bad part of the movie, but just because it's a it's a part that you know she's a crutch. Yeah, yeah. What if they included Poison Ivy, and then that was the setup for for. What their if, relationship sure, going I'd forward. Be down with that. What if Poison Ivy's in the Suicide Squad and Harley is upset about that? Oh and yeah. Doesn't understand why she's having all these complicated feelings about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, whatever. Great. As long as we get Harley and Ivy, I I, I don't care by yeah. any means yeah. necessary. 
Yeah, live action Harley Ivy, that would be good. It would be really I'd be good. down for that, uh, but I don't know that I'd be down for that in a Suicide Squad yeah, yeah. movie. I'd want that to be in a Harley movie. I want there to be a new uh, uh, boring guy who's the their their government contact who I can never remember that agent's name. Yeah. That dude who was Robocop. Flag. Uh, it was Flag, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, Flag. If there was just a new version of that that was uh like like not nearly as cool. Because he was oh. pretty cool with everybody. Yeah. And if they just had like a real tight ass like, Well they tried like, to make him a hard ass in the first movie so he could realize how shit this whole assignment was right, and how right. how these people were really being fucked over even though yeah. they were bad guys. You know, and this time of course he's already realized that so Right. Having one where of, do you go with him? Having one of Waller's true believers would be kind of cool though, where it's like somebody who like wants to succeed Waller wants to like who really believes oh, in her sure. mission, who really like idolizes her and wants to be like and is like fucking, you know, uh uh like a sociopath really who's <laughs> been set set to care for them would be interesting. Yeah. And DC loves its sociopaths. It sure does. Can't get <laughs> enough of them. Do you do you is this movie make you change your outlook on the future of DC movies at all? Like no. do you think they're headed in the right no, direction? Because they they don't they don't have a, they don't have somebody at the top like overseeing everything and trying to come up with a really good direction for everything. It's just you know, the fucking Snyder movies are completely different from. Uh, well, hell, just look at Suicide Squad and the Suicide mm-hmm. Squad, right? right? You know, the main thing that that Suicide Squad has going for it is Margot Robbie is fucking incredible as Harley Mm -hmm. Quinn. But that was luck, right? That was Mm -hmm. good casting of a really good actress combined with a role that she really kicked butt Mm -hmm. in. And, uh, and so the Suicide Squad still has her. Well, that's great. James Gunn isn't stupid. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they got a better runner, for that, but it's not like James Gunn is involved in any other shit that DT no, is right. doing. I doubt it. Yeah, you know, maybe they bring him back to do another Suicide Squad movie, but that doesn't mean it's going to have any connection to the larger DC universe. And they still don't know what the fuck they're doing. No, they really don't. And that's the thing is, like, you're like, I think you're making a really good point about them not having like Marvel's in Phase Four. This has been decided. Like they had this planned out, right? Yeah. Like so, like you know, for D- DC is flat floundering around like splashing in a pool you know and just sometimes yeah. sometimes they're they're getting a good splash right it's yeah. yeah they're just waiting for another chance to kill off Martha Wayne you know what I'm saying it's <laughs> like, gotta make them pearls drop yeah there's yeah. you need another sl- shot of slow motion pearls dropping right. because that's the one thing you know works yeah they, they they're like what if everybody's story was tragic what if everyone had a tragic story instead like it's yeah yeah so sure. uh, next for them is next March it's the Batman with I'm excited uh, for that uh, Robert Pattinson. I'm never and, not going to be excited for a Batman movie. Exactly. Well, and and this one's supposed to be all about Batman the Detective, which cool. we've n- literally never seen in a fucking Batman movie. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned. And then uh, in June is Black Adam with The Rock mm-hmm. and um, shit. What's his name? Goldeneye Bond. Uh, Thomas Cronenberg. Oh, no. No. Uh, um, Tom, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate in a supposedly all CGI costume. So, Interesting um, choice. And then that as no- long as he doesn't sing, we're good. Yeah. And then that November of 2022 is The Flash. And then that December is Batman, Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom. And then June 2023 is Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yeah. And like I feel pretty lukewarm on on all of this. 
I'll Just, watch all of them, and right. two of them are going to be movies that I'll be like, you know what? I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. And the rest of them are going to be, you know, I thought I was going to like Wonder Woman 84, and I Oof. fucking hated it. Yeah. yeah. Was Is The Flash going to star Ezra Miller? Yep. Okay. That makes me a little more interested in seeing it, but honestly, having watched like three and a half seasons of The Flash on the CW, I, I'm kind of not. Well, and the, the, <laughs> the, the, the screen... Writer and story for The Flash is uh, Christina Hodson, who wrote uh, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, and uh, Bumblebee, the only good Transformers movie. Um, So that's interesting. Um, And, like, you know, I think The Rock can make just about any movie fun, probably. So maybe Black Adam. I don't know anything about Black Adam, so I don't know what to care about there. He's evil Shazam. Oh, sure. That's it. Okay. He's the guy that had the Shazam powers before Shazam, and okay. he's evil. All right. And he's played by The Rock. Yeah. The end. Can you smell what Shazam is cooking? <laughs> <laughs> with lightning. He with cooks lightning. with lightning. Oh, that's Well, uh, that's Suicide Squad. <laughs> we have five questions from a <laughs> listener. Patron five Cole. Questions. Hey, Patron, Patron Cole. Cole. Guess who's back? It's me, Cole, with five more questions. God, Cole. Yeah. We're, I know. We're, we're really lucky we got you. We Cole's really are. picking up everyone else's yeah. slack. And as always, uh, she has answered the questions after the question itself, so I will read the question. You all have some time to think while I read Cole's answer, Perfect. all right? Perfect. Because we did not go over these ahead of time, which we, we, we sometimes do and often don't. All these right. Are off the cuff. Question one. What book or movie based on a book that you think could be made better would you love to see as a movie or miniseries, provided it was done very well? So what's a book or a movie that sure. was based on a book that you want redone that you would love to see as a movie or miniseries? I highly enjoyed the book The Martian by Andy Weir. Oh, yeah. And while the movie was good, they left out some of the most suspenseful parts of the book, and I would love to see it redone as a miniseries with those parts added in. Uh, just I a, fucking love The Martian, by the way. I yeah. love I loved both the book and the movie. It's really great, good. Great audio on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Art- Project Artemis was Weir's follow-up to that, which is uh, read by, I want to say, Rosario Dawson. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. A book you want to see made um, into a movie uh, or a miniseries. You know, because I saw the trailer for this before um, I watched The Jungle Cruise the other day. So it's kind of a cheap, but not really. Um I, I'm looking forward to the new Dune movie. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be any good or not. But I think Dune is a like is a good, good mo- is a good book, and I really hope the new movie is better than the David Lynch awfulness. Having just um, read the book last year, reread the yeah. book last year, uh, the movie looks so good. It look it looks really solid, but yeah. you, you know, yeah, you never know. You can make a great trailer out of a shit movie. That's is true. It, um, is it movie or miniseries? It or is what? It, yeah, make it into a movie or a miniseries. Mm, maybe yeah. that's a... I'm just, I can only think of ones that I want as a series for now. Do you have, do you have one? A series is fine. Okay, it's I, fine. I want... Uh, uh, Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn mm. uh, done by the people responsible for Avatar The Last Airbender oh. uh, and, and, Dragon and, and Dragon Prince as an animated uh, yeah. jumping around with metal powers. That'd be really cool. Uh, urban fantasy. Mistborn would be really good It'd be animated. so fucking good. Uh, yeah, that's what I want. Uh, I want to see uh, the Gentleman Bastards series by Scott Lynch uh, done as a as a... 
like a, a limited series for each book. So it would be like six mm. episodes per book, mm. I think would be really good. And it would end up being, at this point, three seasons. And then they would have, a, you know, with every book would be a season. But yeah. it would be, you have to tell the story in six episodes. That would be the the catch. So it would be like hour long. It would be really good. That That's that's a lot of, that would be some be compression. Six, we'll say six to eight. Yeah. I think it could be really good. I think there's some things they could leave out. Sure. But I think. Uh, yeah, there yeah. always are. Yeah. It was really good. All right. I'd watch it. Question two. Who would you cast for the previous questions answer? Uh, Tim, since you said Dune, <laughs> let's see if, if you were to recast it, I guess I'll say other people. So here's uh, Nicole's answer. I really enjoyed the cast as it was with the exception of Matt Damon as Mark Watney. Boom. I have absolutely no idea who should be in that role, but it should not be Matt Damon. I totally so disagree with that. I would that. also like to see more diverse characters for either Commander Lewis or Johansson, as it's never stated in the book that they are Caucasian. With the exception of Martinez, the whole Ares 3 crew is white in the movie. It's a book about going to Mars. I don't think having one black astronaut would be too much of a stretch. Uh, casting for Gentlemen Bastards, uh, I, it would have to be a bunch of unknowns. It would have to be a bunch of unknown kids, just the way they did with uh, Loki and Thor that we briefly mentioned, how they were on quote-unquote unknown actors. Right. It would need to be uh, not stars. I would want to see like a new cast of... Uh, of, of and maybe, maybe for Father Chains... Uh, some old, some like old dramatic actor, you know, that could that could pull off the gravitas that's required to be sure. uh, the ultimate con man. Uh, Nick, what do you what do you so, think for? Uh, I'm only gonna do two actors, right? Yeah, uh, Vin and Kelsier. Sure. So uh, Haley Stanfield as mm -hmm. uh, as Vin, I think that's great. She, I think she'd be a good good job for it. And uh, Kelsier it would be the I think the actor that plays Jamie Lannister, and I can't remember his he'd name, but a, he has a hyphenated last name. Yeah, he, he'd uh, be Nikolai. A, something, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikolai. Uh, I think I think he could play a good Kelsier. Yeah. I think the late Jamie Lannister, Lannister plot kind of proved that he could he could do that. I think Haley Steinfeld's a little old, but I think uh, for, Vin, for Vin's like seventeen. She's playing. She's playing. Uh, the new Hawkeye, who's yeah. about the same age, roughly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah they cast. They I cast think she'd be 20, great. They yeah. cast 20-somethings as teenagers all yeah. the time. That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, um, since we're dream casting, I, yeah. can, I can dream cast somebody who's dead. So Chadwick Boseman for Paul Atreides, I think Ooh. would be great. And I mean, there's a lot of characters in there, but I... and and. As long as, as long as, since since we don't care about diverse casting, I think his mom uh, should be played by Charlize Theron because she's totally rocking the, the the badass mm -hmm. the badass fifty something characters right now. I would actually um, really love to see Dune with uh, the House of Trades being a family of black. Um, yeah. uh, men is particularly and it being that colonization storyline that comes from them going and taking over uh, on Arrakis like being in that like not white people doing the colonization yeah. you know kind of a thing it would be interesting see but to his see. mom could still be a, you know, a, the she's Benny a Bene Gesserit, Gesserit yes. yeah. so, anyway. Bene Gesserit could still be you she's know crazy white women she's not of House of Trades she married in but if the, entire, yeah. if the rest of House of Trades was, yeah. was black yeah. that, would, that, would, that would I think have an interesting very interesting take on the story and I'm just going to say, I, I, sorry, I really do love, really do love the casting in The Martian anyway. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question three. Did you see yours? 
I did. Oh, yeah, she went first. Question three. How many episodes would your miniseries be, or how long is your movie if you're going that route? Uh, I'm thinking four episodes would be perfect for The Martian. Not so long that they'd have to add a lot of filler, but long enough to get actually the best parts of the book on the screen. I'm thinking 45 minutes to 55 minutes an episode. Uh, Me, Molly, as I said before, I think six to eight episodes a season, Mm -hmm. and I would want want them to be—they would need to be hour-long Episodes, whatever that means in modern television with no commercials, right? Like, I think uh, hmm. Mistborn would be uh, a season per book of the original trilogy with half hour episodes, with the exception of like a mid season finale that's like a two part, so basically an hour long episode, and then a finale that is also like a two part. Mm-hmm. And I, I think. You know, I'm tempted to say give them like a 26 episode animated run, but I think that might be way overkill for this. And yeah, I, I think maybe they could do it in 14 or 15 episodes, pretty tight. The whole trilogy, uh, per per book. Per book. Yep. yep, yep. Uh, let's see. If Dune was a movie, as it is going to be, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I really think that you want Dune to do it right. It should be three hours long. Yeah, uh, uh, even though game style, even though David Lynch's movie is three hours long and they didn't do it right. But the point is. To do it right, it needs some length. I think as a mini series, it would probably work better as like a six episode mini yeah. series. Yeah. So then Two it could, hours and 35 minutes. Then it could be six, almost 30 minutes shorter than it, it needs to be. Because then it could be six hours long, and that's really what it needs to be, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, question four What is a series or movie based on a book that you think was done well? Mine is Good Omens. It was everything I wanted it to be. I've loved the book for over 20 years, and I was so excited about the show. It was fantastically done, and they removed a plot hole that had been bugging me forever. Adam supposedly has an older sister named Sarah in the book, but she is only ever mentioned once, and that always drove me insane. Uh, I loved the cast. I loved the change in the ending. I loved the extended opening with the Zarafel and Crowley meeting up during different periods of time to show how long their friendship has been growing. I just loved all of it. It was a great series. Yeah, it was. So what's a series or a movie based on a book that you think was done well? It was really good adaptation. Uh, you know, I guess I'm going to go with one of the bizarre, most bizarrely obvious choices if you've ever read the book, which is The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Which is, A, it's a great movie, and B, it is almost word for word the book. It is. Which you're like, how the fuck could you even do that? You'd think the um, book was written after if you yeah, hadn't, if yeah. you didn't yeah. know better. Yeah. Yeah. But like the grandfather and the kid bits are all in the book. Not quite the same, but so close. It's it's shocking. Mm-hmm. So yep. that, that's, that's a really good that's one. That's a good answer. Uh, I have a very controversial pick for this. Ooh, dun, okay. Dun, dun. Uh, they did uh, on BBC or BBC America, they did a uh, one season of uh, The Guard, which was mm. the uh, Ankh-Morpork from Discworld Guards. And it is very loosely based on Discworld, but I feel like they got the theme right, they got the characters right, um, and uh, they did it as like a, a, a castle punk, like everyone in bright colors, but but you know dark fantasy. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's like the more Discworld you've read, the less you might be inclined to like the show. Mm-hmm. But I've read a good amount of Discworld, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't read, I've only read The Color of Magic, and I loved it. Which is like one of the worst yeah. books. Yeah, and I loved it. I loved yeah. The Guard. I thought it was fucking enchanting. And yeah. I still think about it from time to time. Yeah. It was that good. Uh, for me, I, uh, my answer is Misery by Stephen King, mm, sure. uh, which is quite possibly one of the, the best adaptations I've ever seen. Uh, the book Misery takes place, 85% of that book takes place inside Paul's head. 
uh, thoughts he is thinking to himself and uh, weird places his brain takes him during his isolation and capture. Uh, they didn't do any of that. You didn't. You, they didn't do any of the tropical bird shit or this the 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 weird like um, animals in a cage thing. They didn't need to. They didn't fucking need to because they showed instead of telling. Yeah. They just showed that isolation and fear, and you felt it. And it was it was such a great way of looking at a book that is also pretty slim. I mean, that's it's not a very long book, and being like, okay. How do I take all these introspective narration parts and show them rather than saying them out loud? I'm talking to you, David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The spice. Right? Spice. Right. He's thinking. He's wondering. He's wondering about me. And it's like, yes, people have thoughts and they think them to themselves yeah. all the time. Yes. <laughs> all right. Question five. What is a book or series you just don't want to need or need to see redone again? I'm going to cheat a little bit and say much ado about nothing. It is my favorite work of Shakespeare, and I've seen it on stage done really well a couple of times, but every movie iteration of it that I've seen has been lacking, in my opinion. I don't know if it's the cast or the production, but I don't care for any of them. I had high hopes for the 2011 version by Joss Whedon, but he just managed to Whedon all over it, and it was terrible. (laughs) Please leave much ado alone. Uh, I, I, I also love Much Ado About Nothing and agree that it's really hard. To, I think the Kenneth Branagh one was really great. But, I really love but, that one. Uh, that's, that's just, I, it holds a special place in my heart. But I agree. We don't need to see more movies of that. It's um, Michael Keaton is Dogberry. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. Yep. What is your answer? Uh, boy. I don't take yours. Yeah, but... no, no, that's fine. Uh, something I don't think we I, I ever want to see redone again is uh, The Dark Tower. Yeah. Leave it alone. Never again. Stop. Fucking stop. It just shouldn't be. Not, not everything has to be everything. Just let it be a book. Just stop. It's already a terrible movie. Please stop. <laughs> stop. Dark Tower, stop. <laughs> I, uh, I, in a similar vein, I was going to say that if you didn't, so I want to make sure. Yeah, you, thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the reason that it is so pop culturally relevant is because of Tim Curry's portrayal of Pennywise, mm-hmm. the clown in the miniseries. And I think that they did another movie where they gave it a, an honest shot and they tried to be a little bit more true to the book. And true to the book, they the second half is not great. <laughs> yep. And, and you know what? We've had it both ways and we never need to have it again. Yeah. Nope. That's fair. a wrap, guys. No more. We can it. stop doing. We can stop. You know what? We can just stop adapting Stephen King. Can oh, we just stop? Just let him be books. He's, he writes books and they're good. They're fine. I, I have two short answers because neither one of them is a book. So the All first right. one is I don't ever need to see Batman's origin story again. Just <laughs> never, never. We're done. We fucking know where Batman came yeah. from. Yeah. It's like they were able to do it with Peter Parker. We didn't need to see Spider Man's origin nope. again. Nope. So we don't need to see Batman's origin story ever again. The other one, which is neither a book nor a movie but I just need to say Carousel is a shit musical and should never, (laughs) nobody should ever produce Carousel again. I feel like after seeing Teen Titans go to the movies and how they portrayed the the crime alley murder of uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne, it can never be topped. It never needs to be done ever again because it's been shown and lampooned so tremendously effectively it that it just so perfect. it just it just shouldn't be ever done ever again because, because in Teen Titans Go they un, they undo it they stop all the things that make the superheroes so they prevent Bruce Bruce Wayne's parents murder but then they realize that actually the world needs the superheroes things are way worse there's like an apocalypse without them so they have to go back and fix it which means they have to like make sure Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered <laughs> 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 
And it's just like or so like, dark. Or like they go back and prevent Krypton from exploding and now they need to go back and, and make sure Krypton, make sure Krypton explodes. explodes. Like, it's like, really messed yeah, up. It's super fucking dark it's really for a cartoon. Up. Uh Cole goes on to say, just by the way, upon further inspection, this is now the seventh set of five questions. Yeah, I have Cole. Said. I believe in my last set of questions, I said it was the fifth, but I miscounted. Uh, it's easy and fun. I hope you geeks have enjoyed these questions. Stay safe. Love from Cole. See, it's just that easy. Thanks, Cole. Cole's done it seven times. How many times have you done it? Person listening in your car or on your headphones at work? Three more times, Cole, and you're up to a perfect 10. Yeah, yeah. One time from you, listener, <laughs> and, and, and you're at a perfect one. <laughs> yeah, or five, depending on how you're counting. Perfect one was my nickname in high school. <laughs> oh, a perfect one. Yeah, just the worst it's score. Like a, like, a, like a natural one. It is, natural, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, if you want to send your five questions, which you should do, send them to questions at geekswithoutgod.com. They can be about literally fucking anything. We won't care. Um if you want to support us on Patreon, we'd love that. We got hosting and uh, domain registration bills to pay and a new website that's on the way. You can support us on Patreon, throw us a couple bucks, get your episodes nice and early. Uh, that would be awesome. We'd appreciate it. And plus, if you send us your questions, we bump them to the top of the list if you're a patron. So that's that's awesome. Uh, if you can't financially support us and for some reason you just can't bring yourself to send an email, I know that's very hard. Rough. But you could leave us a rating on uh, on iTunes or maybe like us on Facebook, that sort of thing. We appreciate the extra traffic. Otherwise... We'll be back next week with another episode of Something Geeky and Godless. Bye. Bye. What is this, some kind of suicide squad? Yes, it's literally the name of the movie. Oh. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Somebody could send us in five questions just about how awesome Matt Damon is.